Welcome to Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by sports columnist Scott Osler and Ann Killian to break down Golden State's championship clinching win over Cleveland and to look back on another memorable Warriors season. So here we are um, in the Westin Hotel in downtown Cleveland. To be completely honest with our listeners, it is 3.14 a.m. The thing about covering the playoffs, just covering the NBA in general, is you have a certain adrenaline flowing through you when you write on deadline for a game. And there's no adrenaline like covering a a clinching game in the NBA Finals. So so we, we decided after filing on deadline tonight that we would come to this hotel room, Scott Osler's hotel room and record a podcast because, you know, we're not, we're not sleeping. So we might as well record a podcast. And, um, you know, it was, I I was about to say it was a fun one. Um, it was a fun one because a team won a championship, but the reality is the game itself wasn't that entertaining. It wasn't, there was, there wasn't a lot of suspense there. Um, so I'm not going to ask you what your takeaways from the game were, because the reality is the game didn't actually matter. What mattered was the ultimate, the ultimate result, which was a team won a championship. Um, so what were your thoughts? What what are your biggest thoughts about the Warriors season? And what did you feel like this championship meant? Like what, what was the biggest takeaway from this title? Oh, hi, it's me. And full disclosure, Along the way between the end of the game and getting to this hotel room, we did stop and have a couple of drinks. So um, what this meant was this is a dynasty now, uh, pure and simple. If if they had lost, they would have been mocked. They wouldn't be a super team. But they got their third championship in four years. They did it with a sweep. There is no denying that. The Warriors are now one of the elite of the elite NBA teams. It's a dynasty. That's the biggest takeaway. The other big takeaway is LeBron James coming out saying he broke his hand. And basically, LeBron was going to steal the Warriors' thunder no matter what tonight because it was going to be his last game in Cleveland. But the fact that he did it with, you know, bringing out the cast and the broken hand. That is going to be the story tomorrow for most of the world. But here in the Bay Area, definitely it's going to be the Warriors are a dynasty. Yeah, LeBron's legacy, I think, took a big hit tonight. Uh, Number one, he broke his hand with a stupid, impetuous move. He punched a blackboard or whiteboard or whatever you call it, which is, you know, if you're LeBron, you you just don't do that. You know, if you're a second-year minor league pitcher in, in Albuquerque or something like that, you do that. But LeBron James, come on, seriously. If he broke it in the game, there'd be some honor. And the fact, number two, the fact that he came in the press room with the cast and with the woeful story, if you're going to do that, then come in and just talk about the game and then go back and get your cast and slink out the back door. But that's, to, to me, that, that is typical LeBron theatrics, dramatics, look at me kind of BS. So forget about LeBron for a minute. But... What the Warriors did tonight, it's, it's like, you know, it's that, that old song, no, no, you can't take that away from me. What the Warriors have done over four years, if next year they fall on their face and squeak in the playoffs and have some troubles and stuff, that would be terrible and that would be for Warrior fans and everything. But 
what they've done in the last four years was, is incredible. Uh, you can make all the excuses you want about injuries and other teams not being strong and, and all that stuff. But, you know, the league for the last, at least the last couple of years has geared up for the Warriors totally, like Phoenix and so forth, and um, the Rockets. And, but uh, they're phenomenal. They're, it sounds like a, a homer kind of deal, but four years at the very top of the heap and the one year they lost was because maybe because Steph was injured. Um, just phenomenal deal. Yeah, I look at it as just the beat writer. I look at it, at it a little more, a little bit more on a micro scale, just because I experienced it <clears throat> on a day to day basis. Um, but I thought it was a little fitting. I, I I thought it was good for them that they won very convincingly and they led almost the entire game and they had a really good all around performance. It was it was as close to you know, a complete performance as we've probably seen from them all season. And you can attribute that to, oh, well, the Cavs were down 3-0 and blah, 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 blah. But the reality is they played a really good game tonight. And I think that's important because this is a team that has been dealing with complacency and a lack of urgency all season. And they've basically ridden their talent just in one quarter or one half all season. And so for them to put together close to 48 minutes in their final game to win a title, I thought was kind of fitting, you know. And, yes, they, they, they still had a big third quarter because they are the Warriors. But, you know, they, they opened strong. They got off to an early lead. Um, there was one little run that the Cavs had, I think, in the second quarter. But right after that, the Warriors snapped back into action and, and did their thing and were great defensively, did a really nice job on LeBron overall. And uh, and they were hitting threes. And the thing about this team is because they haven't been hitting as many threes this season as they have in past seasons. So you almost forget that, that that's what it all goes back to is this is at their core, you know, a team that is trying to rely on the three-pointer and Steph and, and Clay. And, uh, you know, the, you saw kind of vintage Warriors at times tonight. You saw them being the team that captured this the country's imagination in 2015. But also what it goes back to is defense and which is where they've really been lacking this season a lot of the times, and especially in that last month of the regular season where their defense was kind of atrocious. And they their defense right out of the gate tonight was really, really strong. And they were just they looked focused. They looked like earlier in the day, uh, Steve Kerr had said, you know, I think we're more poised, we're more mature than we were last year. We, we're going to know how to deal with this closeout pressure uh, better than we did last year. Last year we were kind of giddy, and uh, this year we're, like, more buttoned down. And that you could absolutely see that right from the get-go. They were very focused. They were very, like, let's just get this job done. Let's do it. We know we're the better team. And, you know, we haven't seen that a lot from them this year. I mean, they've been up and down, and but but also they were all healthy tonight. They were all there and ready to go, which they haven't been. I mean, there's a, been a lot of talk about, you know, who's been hurt on other teams and what else. But, you know, the Warriors, Andre Iguodala was such a huge, huge, huge missing piece for, what, 
four game, five games of the six games of the playoffs. So the fact that he was back, they were just they were kind of at their best. Warriors clicking, everything working in sync. Yeah, you have to step back and take a big picture view of this team and just not what they did this year, but in the whole historical context, and it's crazy. You know, 15 years from now, people will be saying, wait a minute, you had a team, you had Steph Curry was on the team and 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 Draymond Green and, and Kevin Durant. And and then what's that other guy? Clay Thompson was on the team too? And, and, they, had, and they had Steve Kerr coaching it? My God. Of course, they. It, it's a phenomenal cast. It's really a... I've covered sports for a long time, and it's really an amazing cast of great players who are not only <clears throat> great players, but are so locked into that whole team thing, which Kerr has instilled and brought in and all this stuff. It's just, it's kind of an amazing, the whole deal is kind of amazing. So Kevin Durant won his second straight uh, finals MVP, and it was a pretty close one. Uh, Steph Curry had... Uh, had a phenomenal performance tonight and had a great overall uh, finals performance. So I think a lot of voters kind of struggled with that one, but it ended up going to Durant, and I think Durant's very deserving. I know there's going to be people we're going to hear in the next couple days, oh, man, well, you know, Durant won back-to-back finals MVPs. Is Durant actually the best player on this team? Is Durant actually the number one guy? Because in the games that mattered the most in the finals – he was their best player. So what what do you think that, A, him winning his second finals MVP means to his legacy? And what do you think it means in terms of his place in the hierarchy of the Warriors? Well, I think that those of us who cover the team know who the most important Warrior is, and it is still Steph Curry. Uh, he's the thing that makes it go, Durant is awesome. He was awesome in the finals. Uh, Steph could have easily won. In fact, I th- kind of think if the vote was taken at the end of the game, Steph might have won the MVP because he finished with 37 points. The, I believe the vote is taken at the end of the third quarter. So, you know, I, I mean, it's it was a very – it would have been a close one. Uh, but – there were certain media members who were trying to pursue the uh, topic of who's the MVP. Was it, you know, is this going to be like an issue? Did Steph want it? Was he screwed out of it? It was kind of like a big talking point after the game for for certain members of the media, and that like that's not this team at all. Like Steph, I, I'm sure you would like it. It would be great. He would, you know. He'd also like an Olympic medal, but he chose not to play in the Olympics. Uh, you know, he he's really about, and this whole team is really about, like, can we win? Can we win a championship? And like Steve Kerr said, he was joking, you know, about when we went to the Hamptons to recruit uh, Durant, nobody was saying, like, well, who's going to win the NBA Finals MVP? It's really not an issue. But I do think... It's great for Durant in the history books. You're going to look back on him as one of the greatest players, and this is going to be part of his legacy. And so, you know, it's always nice to have that, like, written in print thing where, oh, consecutive MVPs of the NBA Finals. But I I just think it's, 
it's not really that big of a deal internally on this team. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a very interesting vote, though. Usually it's kind of an easy call. And this time, um, LeBron was not going to get it because he his team got swept. So you know it was going to be one of the two guys. And I know they don't really care, and it doesn't. In, but you know, in in the when we go back and look at it five years from now and everything, it's like, oh, who got the MVP? Well, it could have been either guy. It could have been Steph or KD. But the reason, I think, the reason KD came to Golden State is because he knew to over, oversimplify, he knew that Steph didn't care if he got MVP. When Steph said. When Steph told KD at the East Hamptons meeting or whatever it was, that when he told him, this is not my team, this is our team, you know. Everybody wants to, it, LeBron and all these guys, they want, this is my team. Steph said, this is not my team, this is our team. And LeBron bought into that, and that's why he came here. I don't think he came here to win rings. The, the rings are a byproduct, but he came here to play high-level basketball, especially with, yeah, Durant, I mean, came here to play high-level basketball especially with Steph Curry. I'm not selling Draymond Green or, any, or Clay or anything short, but, but I think uh, Durant said, okay, I, I'm, I'm playing with Russell Westbrook now, and I could trade him for Steph Curry. Wow, that was the easiest trade in history. Yeah, and a lot, obviously, as we talked about earlier, was made of LeBron's hand injury, but one thing that David West went out of his way to bring up in post game in the locker room when they're spraying champagne and everything was that he said that no player he's ever played with in his entire career would have played on a, an ankle that was as badly sprained as clay's. He said that clay's sprain was as bad as he's seen. And the fact that he was able to play much less actually contribute was unbelievable to him, and he said that Clay's the toughest player he's ever played with. And this is coming from a guy who's 37 years old, who's a two-time All-Star, who's been in the league for I think 15, 16 years. You know, he 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 he's been around the block. He knows what he's talking about. He and he wouldn't give that type of praise out lightly. Um, I think that even though he wasn't even in the Finals MVP discussion, this this series made me have even another level of respect for clay and what he's about. I think he's so underappreciated in what he does. And I think he's one of the ultimate X factors and what makes this whole thing run. What, what do you, what do you guys think of what he did this series and just of what he is about? Well, I think he's everyone's favorite warrior. Uh, he's just, He's clay, you know, like he he was on the podium and he was looking at his phone and he showed it to Draymond and Draymond go he googled himself and he said, "Oh, Draymond said, "Oh, sweet, it already says Clay Thompson, three-time NBA champion. That's dope." It's like Clay is already like checking out to make sure his Wikipedia is updated. Uh Clay's hysterical and he is the toughest guy and just Coming right out of the gate, like you could see in the first couple of minutes, he was locked in. He'd gotten a little foul trouble, but he was he was part of the energy tonight in the way they got out of the gate. And yeah, I mean, I think that uh and he didn't you know, he didn't come in with any drama like LeBron. Just by the way, 
someone pointed out uh, tonight that the stupidest thing that a Cleveland Cavalier did in this whole series was not J.R. Reed. It ended up being LeBron James. I mean, J.R. Smith was, it ended up being LeBron James, which is a really, really damning kind of thing to say. Wasn't It wasn't Smith's not knowing what the score was. It ended up being LeBron breaking his hand. Yeah, I think if you, you, you can tell from this little discussion we're having that we're all not fans, certainly, but we're all admirers of what the Warriors have put together and the, the individual players. There's a lot to be said for the Warriors. You know, they got some strong character and some strong characters. and But Clay kind of stands out in a way. I think, you know, people around the league, Steph Curry has his critics. You know, he does his shimmy. He's too cute. He does this and that. Kevin Durant, um, you know, people can nitpick him. He has those burner Twitter accounts and all that stuff. Um but Clay Thompson, I don't, I, I, it would be hard for a warrior critic to say, all right, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with Clay Thompson. I don't know, the guys, it's, it's, it's kind of freaky. Um, if there was a most likable player in the league, just around the whole league, it, it would probably be Clay. Just he's a hard guy to dislike. One of my like least favorite things about covering a championship is that inevitably. People start asking about next season, you know, the off season, the future. And just as a human being, I'm kind of I get annoyed by that because I'm like, yo, the whole the whole year, the whole season led to this moment. Can we all just live in this moment for like two seconds, please? And just appreciate what just happened here. And but we have to think about next season. And with a lot of teams the Warriors, I don't think, are fall into this category, but a lot of teams, you know, when you're asking that question, that championship that they just won might have been their only championship for a very long time. So just appreciate it. Um, but, you know, people started asking those questions tonight, and the reality is I'm on the budget on, on our for our newspaper to write tomorrow about what is next for this team, what's the offseason look like. It's just the reality of the situation. So... um you know what do you what do you we all we already know that the core is coming back next season. Durant said many times he's going to resign, and everyone else is on contract. So the core is coming back. All the changes are going to be pretty, pretty minor. I mean, to the bench, you know, Javale, Zaza Pachulia, David West, those guys are in question. Kevon Looney, <clears throat> but uh, with that all said. Do you, do you think that the Warriors will go into next season as the favorites to win another championship, and do you think they should? Oh, yeah. They're going to go in. I mean, these guys are still in their prime. Uh, Andre might not be, but but the rest of the guys are right in the middle of, you know, their greatest years, and I can't imagine, you know, they they got rid of Houston who knows who's coming up in the East? Um, I would assume it would be Boston, but we don't know. But yeah, I think that for sure they're they're going to be the favorites going in, and they're going to make some changes. And the biggest thing, like Steve Curry was joking tonight, that he might not show up until the All Star break because he knows nobody's going to listen to him anyway. The biggest challenge is after you win three in four years, how do you? keep 
we saw it this year. How, and so it's going to be even harder last year. I mean, next year, how do you keep your focus and your desire and your, you know, 82 games is a long time. It's, it's a lot of just waiting around to the time where, you know, it counts. So I think that's, again, they're going to be their own biggest em- enemy. But I do definitely think that they're the favorites 100%. Steve Kerr has probably had about 15 beers, in the, and he's probably got a little notebook in his back pocket, and he's writing down ideas on how to run training camp next year, how to inspire the guys to overcome you know, championship, uh, big head, all that stuff. If anybody's ahead of the curve, it, it's Steve Kerr. And when you think about it, if these guys, assuming they get back to the playoffs next year, barring some kind of calamity and everything, they will. And if they get to the, the final rounds, Western finals or whatever, their experience level is just crazy, you know? Whoever they face, there, there's no chance. There's no chance of these guys choking or, or being unprepared or anything. These guys are all in the prime of their careers, in the prime of their in the prime ages, and just and, – and they – and they, you know, we've talking about legacy and everything here. They're aware of that stuff too. They know it. What they've done so far is phenomenal. They know if they can put up one more championship, that would be incredible. They're all they're, There's no way anybody's going to sneak up on the Warriors and and take them by surprise. Plenty of challengers, no doubt, but but no no co- coasting in. Scott, you you covered the Showtime Lakers, and I feel like we're we're entering the realm now where you can start really drawing those comparisons to the Showtime Lakers because they were the most recent, I think, real dynasty. I know the Spurs are in the discussion and the the early 2000s Lakers, but um, the Showtime Lakers to me are what the Warriors are striving for. You know, that type of legacy, that type of dynasty. Yeah, and so... Do you do you think that do you think that the Warriors have it in them, given what they have right now, to be in that discussion long term? I think they do. I'm I'm not I haven't studied all the free agent rules. I think it's it, it's a little bit more difficult now to keep an entire team together like it was then. But uh, the Showtime Lakers were talking about them. Jerry West was a general manager, and he was a genius at at not coasting, you know, knowing that no matter what your team is right now, today, tomorrow, you better try to make it better. You better make a trade. You better talk to people. You got to tweak. You got to, um, there's no such thing as, okay, we're fine now and everything's cool. So uh, calling Bob Myers, he's going to be, Myers is on the hot seat right now. You talk about, I talk about Steve Kerr having a notebook and making plans for next year. Bob Myers, I'm sure it's probably made about three calls now, uh, checking on free agents and stuff. So, um, I I do think they have a chance to be in that same deal. The 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 Lakers had it going for like a decade, right? And uh, so they got Warriors have a couple more years to go, but that would be their 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 goal. The difference is there isn't a Celtics. There's an a Larry Bird Celtics. You know, I mean, which is kind of I mean, you know, they took three out of four from the Cavaliers. Uh, LeBron is phenomenal. Uh, he has been phenomenal most of this run, but it's not the same. There's not that balance. So, uh, what, what the, I think when 
history looks back on the Warriors, they're going to say, well, they didn't really have a serious competitor in the East that could challenge them. Um, and and that's kind of a bummer. It's not nothing they can control. But they are, I think, in many ways, the soulmates of the Showtime Lakers because I believe, I've always believed Steph is as close to magic as anyone has ever come in terms of the joy and the fun and the bringing in other people, you know, the non-hardcore NBA fans into the game. I mean, Steph makes everyone love basketball, and Magic did that 30, 40 years ago, and now Steph is doing it again. So, but uh, in terms of their legacy, I do think that uh, it it would have helped if they had a better foil. Yeah, and that's the thing I'm excited about for next season is I think that's actually going to start happening. I think that the rest of the league is slowly catching up. And I think that when Boston has a healthy Kyrie and they have a healthy Gordon Hayward and they already have really strong core young pieces in Tatum and Jalen Brown and, and and obviously they, they have Al Horford, who's not young, but a, a legitimate all-star, I feel like they could really push the Warriors next season. And I'm excited to see that. I also think that Philly in what they're building that they can potentially push the Warriors going forward. And I'm curious to see where LeBron lands. Cause I'm, I, I do think that LeBron's going to leave Cleveland and wherever he goes is probably going to be a threat. And if I'm LeBron, I would go to if, I mean, I've said this a million times, but I would go to Philly if I'm LeBron because I, everyone says that he's going to Lake show, but like, I'm not convinced that he would have a real shot at winning a championship next year with what the Lakers have, you know, and and, and he would have to get by the Warriors just to get to the finals, you know? So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not convinced. I feel like LeBron wants to go to a place where he can win next year. And I'm not sure he can do that with what the Lakers have. Yeah, I agree. And next year is going to be the big year because this year, okay. Cleveland was down. They got rid of Kyrie. They not as good. And they, and then Cleveland beat Boston, who had some missing parts and everything. And Philly was not quite there. Next year, I think is the year where some of these teams really emerge, and and face uh, and and present a big challenge to the Warriors. I think if they can plow through next year, which is saying a lot, and get to the finals and win, uh, that's going to be huge in their legacy. But I still think that the LeBron brand, you know, he's 33. He's probably got, he might have five years left. Uh, he has a $20 million mansion in Brentwood. He's got his own whole brand. He's got his entertainment company based in Burbank. I just kind of feel like LeBron got this freaking team to the finals. Like, what does he have to prove anymore? I mean, he is... The man, we know it. Uh, I think with the Lakers, he could pull in a couple other guys and they could make a serious run, challenge the Warriors. But he might be at the point in his life that he's thinking about what happens next and, you know, what what's best for my lifestyle. I don't know anything about him. That couldn't might not be true, but it but it also could be. I think the Lakers should have 
beat the Clippers to Jerry West. If Jerry West was in the Laker front office net right now, he'd be camped out on LeBron's front door, and he would sell him because Jerry West is a phenomenal salesman. But that can't happen, so we'll see. So uh, I appreciate I, – I just want to say thank you real quick to Ann and Scott for – for uh, helping me out through these playoffs. They've been awesome. It's been a great ride. We've had a lot of fun in Cleveland. And, um, you know, I, I really appreciate all you guys following along for all of our coverage all season. I've I had a great time. Only my second year on the beat, and, I've, and I'm, I'm actually, you know, not that I'm, a, not that I'm on the team, but uh, Rick Welts did say I'm undefeated tonight, you know, so – um so uh but stay locked and loaded to sf chronicle sf gate we're gonna still have tons of content throughout the off season and i plan to keep this podcast going as long as that as long as i'm not on vacation i will go on vacation at some point in the off season but as long as long as i'm working we will have this going so um it's gonna be fun This show is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Our theme music is Thank You for Playing by Ryan Little, courtesy of the Free Music Archive. This show is produced by me and Fernando Diaz. For more Warriors coverage, you can follow us on Twitter at con underscore cron, at Scott Osler, and at Ann Killian. Check out all of our coverage at sfchronicle.com. Also, follow us on iTunes, and if you have some time, give us some feedback.